0: So today starts a new series. This is an annual series that we're going to be doing. It's called The Summer Playlist. Yeah. Who's listening to music this summer? What are you playing this summer? Uh, shout them out. Who's Toby Mac. Somebody's listening to Toby Mac. What else are you listening to this summer? Who? Ty Tribbett. Anybody else? One more. Hillsong. Hill song. That's what's up. So check it out. This is what we do in this summer playlist series, what we do is we ask everybody to let us know what songs are you listening to. What's on your playlist? It could be Christian, it could be gospel, it could be non-Christian, it could be whatever is on your playlist. So our playlist right now is pretty awesome. Then we create a Spotify playlist where you can hear the sounds of the summer of relevant. You can see what uh, everybody here is listening to and you can follow along with what's going on, what's trending right now. And so if you do have a song, if you have not submitted a song yet, this is what I'll tell you. Go to Facebook, look up relevant people, Niles. If you're not Unrelevant people now, so you got to get on it. This is our space that we've created, so everybody has a point to connect. Um, you can find out what's going on at Relevant. You can post your songs, and Pastor Derek over there is going to get them on the playlist. Hey, guys, I want you guys to make some noise in just three seconds, all right? Pastor Derek, stand right there, has been working hard for the last year and a half, two years. And this Friday... He finally completed seminary. So let's celebrate him for completing his master's degree. We celebrate him and his wife and how much they just serve and how dedicated he's been to his school and all of that. So, uh, like I was saying, sorry, that was a little side note, as Lewis would say, if you do have a song, get it on the summer playlist. We may feature it. Each week, we're going to be taking a different song. I mean, uh, the Imagine Dragons are going to be on this playlist. Song are going to be in this series. Even Jay-Z is going to be featured in this series. So, it's going to be an awesome, awesome series. And today's First song is, we, we wanted to start off with, with something big, and I want to tell you something. You came to the right place today, because Christine and the worship team had no clue what this message was going to be about, and every single song that they picked reinforced. It's like It like set the groundwork. It set the foundation for what this message is about. So today, God wants to do something special in and through all of us. And so I pray that you will lean in, that you will listen up, you'll take notes, and you'll just see what God has for you this morning. Can we pray? All right, God. God, thank you so much for being here before we even got here. Thank you so much for planning this out from the beginning of the week when uh, Christine sent the songs to the worship team. Thank you, Lord, that you're Your providence and your presence is just so real in our lives. Today, God, we came to hear something not from me, but from you. And so, God, we just want to honor you with our ears today. Honor you with our hearts and our minds to just be open to whatever it is that you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when you see something spectacular, what do you do? When you are driving down the street and you see a spectacular sight, or when you go visit, uh, my friend Emily was visiting the east side of the country and she was taking pictures of her food and it was like, this is great, this is awesome. And if you're like me, that is like the one thing you do when you get a great meal. You grab your phone and you throw it on Instagram or Facebook because you want to show everybody what this amazing meal was what happens when you hear an amazing song what's your knee-jerk reaction when you see a film chances are if you are like me and you're listening to a great song you'll grab your phone and grab shazam anybody use shazam in here like what is that i want to get this song whatever it is that's how i've built most of my playlists I'm in a coffee shop and I'm in a restaurant. I hear something amazing. I'm watching a commercial on TV and I'm like, Shazam, what's that? But why do we do that? Why do we want to capture pictures when we're out hanging out with family? I believe because we want to commemorate that moment. We want to save and preserve that moment. But I also believe we want to show people what's going on. We want to show people what we're excited about, uh, the things that impress us. And when we're sharing food and music and, and the arts, we want to inspire others to experience it themselves. Because anything that's amazing is worth sharing. Anything that's spectacular must be put on display. One of my favorite things to do over the summer is drive through this winding road it comes from Baroda, comes into baron springs touches buchanan a little bit i can't even tell you what the name of the road is all i know is that there's these amazing rolling hills and like this is just right here in our backyard and then there's a section that you come especially in the cool of the day when the breeze is coming through you you see these trees that just cover the road And it's one of the most tranquil experiences, especially when I'm driving with my wife. My hand and hers, we're playing a little bit of jazz music because I love smooth jazz. And the whole element becomes spiritual. Something majestic, something that's out of this world. Nature will do that to you. So King David, one of the greatest kings of Israel, one of the greatest kings know, known in this world, he was taking note on some of the observations that he was making. He, he shared about some experiences that he was experiencing, and I believe that this, this probably came out of a, a journal as he was just reflecting on God's creation. This is what it says in Psalm 19:1. We have it on the screen. He says, "The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork." The heavens, the sky, it means everything in the entire cosmos, everything in the universe, everything that exists that we know about and everything that we don't know about. It's talking about the skies and and the stars and the sun and the moon and the planets. All of these things declare God's glory, his power and his wisdom, his infinite majesty. All of this is worthy of giving him honor. It, It shows and displays the worthiness of his honor and glory. Paul, another writer that we were actually studying through one of the books that he wrote through the last series he wrote in Romans 1, 18 through 20. He says, for what can be known about God is made plain to them. And here he's talking about individuals who've never even seen the Bible. Individuals who've never even heard about the word God as we know it people who've never even experienced uh, what we know as Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. He says, what can be known about God is made plain to them because God has shown it to them. It says, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. It's no wonder that the Western culture here in the U.S. or this culture who thinks that now we've achieved some sort of knowledge, we start bringing up uh, stories about just these elements creating and blowing up and creating the Big Bang Theory. I believe it was a Big Bang created by a big guy. Because when you go to any other culture, when you see any other culture who we see is uncivilized, you know what they say? There's got to be a God. and this awesome God, the Bible tells us that he holds the world in his hands. It says he measures the size of this universe in the palm of his hand. What type of God that holds an unfathomable expanse of eternity. We have not even seen the lengths of what this cosmos holds. And we believe that this God created it all. In Genesis 1, it says, then God created the heavens and the earth. And the writer is, is giving us this historical lesson of what happened, how we came into existence. And in Genesis 1-3, it talks about, uh, he says, let there be light. And there was light. Outside of the mouth of God, light shot out. And I believe that because God is one who set the bounds of everything that takes place in this earth, it probably moved a lot faster when he said it. It probably hit his mind and it already started forming. But as we see it, light traveled at 186,000 miles in one second. This handiwork the sky above proclaims his handiwork, his creative genius that's found in all the complexities of this world. See, this beam of light, if it was to travel around the earth, a beam of light would travel around the earth seven times in one second. How creative is that? How impressive is that? What's the most common light we know of? The sun. And we've got this image of the sun there. It's this big ball of flames that are just whipping all over the place. This big mass of light is 93 million miles from earth and the light that shines from it takes 8 minutes and 20 seconds precisely to get here. It's 93 million miles away. We can't even think that far. And as as we look at it, uh, a lot of us have power in our home. We power the lights and we know these companies. If you're in Michigan, Indiana, Michigan, power. AEP, American Electric Power. Think about this. If our power company was to try to run the sun, it would take them seven million years to power the sun for one second. That's big. That's incredible. Now look at the stars that we go outside and we look up to. In in our galaxy, it's called the Milky Way galaxy. If we were to sit down and count every single star in our Milky Way galaxy by one per second, just taking one star per second, one, two, three, four per second, it would take us precisely. 2,000 plus years to count every star in our galaxy per second. And just our galaxy itself. We've got 100,000 light years between one end to the other. We've got an image of it. That's just our galaxy. And there are millions and billions of other galaxies out there. And Earth finds itself somewhere in there. Can you guys see Earth? Oh, there it goes. You're here. A dot that you can't even Recognize. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky reveals his handiwork. It, it just, it, it right sizes you, right? You're like, maybe it's not all about me. And maybe there's so much more to this world that I don't understand. Isaiah, one of the uh, uh, most intelligent prophets, somebody who was really close to God and, and just, just dedicated his entire life to just pursuing and knowing and going for God. He says this in Isaiah 40, 22. It says, it is he talking about God who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. We're like grasshoppers. He goes on to say, who stretches it is he who sits above the circle of the earth, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. If you're taking notes, this is your first point. If all of God's creation honors him publicly, why don't I? The writer going forward in Psalm 71. As he's journaling his experience with God's awesomeness, he begins to just kind of reflect on his own life and how how he's going to come alongside the heavens. How he's going to join nature. And he says this in verse 15. He says, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day for their number is past my knowledge. He's talking about all the good that God has done for him all of God's righteous acts he's he's talking about everything that God has done in his life in your life in our life in all of our lives he says i'm going to tell you tell them of the deeds of your salvation What he is, is he's breaking down everything that God has done to reveal himself to you, to bring you to a place where you would understand who he is and get a glimpse of how good he is, where you recognize the sacrifice that he sent for you and I. And we say, God, I couldn't have done this without you. I couldn't have saved myself even if I wanted to. He says, all of your deeds of salvation, every single waypoint in my life where you shifted and shifted and made me come to this recognition of this recognition of who you are. Every situation, encounter, experience that has led to this faith and trust in him. He says at the end of that verse, it is past my knowledge. can't count all God has done for you. Even if you kept a running list of everything God has done, you know, uh, people who are parents in here or people who are from parents and every single one of us has parents in here, we can recognize the fact that everything that mom has da- and dad have done for me, I will never know. I see little Lennox sitting right there. He doesn't know how many countless hours his mother has spent awake rocking him to sleep. He'll never know the sacrifice that she makes every day working to provide for him. When he grows up, he's gonna know his mother loved me, but he'll never understand just how much. And that's what... The writer is saying about God, he loves us that much that is beyond our knowledge. We would never even understand a fraction of what he's done on our behalf. How many accidents he preserves us from on the way to church this morning. How many negative situations could have taken place, but he shifted so that that didn't happen? And some of us may look in our lives and say, but this happened, but this happened. But if he would just reveal the curtain of your life and see what worse could have happened. He says, it is past my knowledge. He acknowledges that he doesn't know it all. That there are just things in this world that he will never be able to articulate and understand. And that leads us to point number two. When I understand how small I am, I will have no shame to share how big he is. In verse 16, he comes back and he says, With the mighty deeds of the Lord, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness alone. He's talking about, I'll remind them there's individuals that he's talking to. He says, I've been keeping a running list of everything that's been done. I've been journaling what God has done in my life. Every time he's preserved me. Every time he's given me an A in class. Every time I've seen somebody do something kind for somebody else, I'm watching and I'm chrono- uh, 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 journaling and, and, and I'm cre- creating this, this list of every good thing that God has done that I can think about. Around here, I love to ask this question, and I actually stole it from my last pastor because he asked me this question all the time. How is God at work in and around you? That is a profound question and I'll tell you why. Because God is at work. All you have to do is open your eyes. And when you can keep a running list and you can keep an understanding and when you can recognize how good God has been in your life and how he's working in your life, then it'll right-size God. I love the way he says, I'll remind them of your righteousness, his righteousness is like I'll remind them of God's character, his knowledge, his deeds, his love, and his care. And you recognize that he's keeping a running list of what God is doing in his life, but he's also recognizing what's happening in other people's. He's not so self-absorbed into just me and what is God doing for me and how can God do this for me and God, I want you to do this for me. He says, I will remind them because I look at them and I look outside of me and I look beyond the four walls of the church and I go out into the city with serve the city and I remind our city how good God is and what he's doing and the righteousness that he's providing for them. It it, it tracks back to Romans 18 through 20 when it says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because of God who has shown it to them for his individual attributes, namely his power and divine nature have been clearly perceived and ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, he's saying, listen, if if creation is going to keep a record of who God is and how God is and what he's doing, so will I so will I. Point number three, when I understand how good God is, I will have no shame to share what he's done. Jump to verse 22. He says, I will also praise you with the heart. For your faithfulness, oh my God, I will sing praises to you with the lyre, oh holy one of Israel. He says, I will praise you. I'll give you honor through celebration. We celebrate musicians. We're talking about summer playlists. We're talking about some of our favorite artists. When we celebrate them and hey, you need to listen to this. Hey, you need to watch this athlete. You need to see how awesome LeBron is. What are we doing? We're praising them. And he's saying, I will praise you. Oh, my God. And that's significant. Don't just read over that my God portion and think, oh, he's just talking. He recognizes that God is not some aloof creator off somewhere he creates the world and spins it into existence and just watches the chaos that takes place. He recognizes that God is beyond just this uh, big grandfather with a white beard in the sky, but he is my God. He is personal. He cares about me. There's another text in the Bible that says he numbers the hair on your head. There's another text that says, not even a a bird falls from the tree that God doesn't notice. He is an ever-present God, ever-living God, ever-loving God who cares about you individually. He says, my God. Then he says, I will use the harp and the lyre. See, he's not only going to voice his praise to God with just his words. He says, I'm not going to just show up to church and sing. He says, I'm not going to just sit in my house and pray and praise you. He says, I'm going to use the harp and the lyre because there's another thing about David that you must know. David was a musician. So what he said is like, everything in my world is worship. The things that I do is worship. So I'm going to come alongside the heavens. I'm going to come alongside the sky. And I'm going to use whatever gift that you've placed in my hands to worship you and give you praise, honor, and glory. Because you're deserving it even through these instruments. How can you praise God through your craft? Pedro, when you are tattooing somebody, when you are presenting this art on somebody's skin, how are you praising God through that? How are you giving God glory and honor through that? All of us have been given gifts. All of us have been given opportunity in all of our life should be worshipped. Take a look at the screen for a moment. Thank you for
1: your time, Toby. We are so grateful for you staying the course of what God has called you to here at Nike. I think it's important that people realize that you can make a difference wherever God has placed you. I know for sure this is where he placed me. I believe that God places people in all areas. I've been called to, to do something here in the corporate world. Somebody else may be called to do something in the missionary world or, you know, in a church or as a doctor. You name know, you the vocation. Well, the Apostle Paul was a tent maker. I mean, people think of him as obviously a missionary and, I get, and he was, but he still funded himself by his, the skill that God gave him as a tent maker. To me, that, that says, hey, God has placed people outside of the actual church. I feel like me being in the corporate world the last you know, 25 plus years, I've been a tent maker Well, I've been a shoemaker, but I'm pretty sure this is where he wants me to be for now. Anyway, in John 6, 29, Jesus said, the main thing that you need to do for the work of God is to believe in him who was sent. Believe in Jesus. Yeah. He's the compass that I point to.
0: He points to Jesus through the shoes that he designed. There's a shoe that he created, especially for individuals who couldn't use their hands very well. And he talks about how he was inspired of how God has just blessed us in his, using his creative power just to make life easier for us. And now he's creating these shoes or making life easier for somebody else. So he's declaring God's faithfulness even in a shoe. How are you declaring God's faithfulness in what you do? Through your magic? Steve. Through your marketing, Roslyn. In verse 23, he goes on and he closes like this. My lips will shout for joy. When I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. He says, I will shout for joy. There's a boldness that he's talking about. He's like, I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to try to be politically correct I'm not going to try to not infringe my beliefs on somebody else because if we're honest they infringe their beliefs on us all the time And so why can't I share who I am and what I believe in he says I will shout for joy and if, if we look at the heavens the heavens don't hold back do they when you look up at the sky, I was sitting down on, on a boat this past couple of days and I, we were out on Lake Michigan and I looked up and I just saw this massive expanse of just blue and thought beyond that, I can't even think about what's beyond that. I looked at the ocean around and the waves crashing and in that moment, uh, my wife said, imagine if Jesus was here all he would have to say is be still and they would calm down. If the world, if the nature doesn't hold back on proclaiming God's glory and how big he is and how awesome he is and how creative he is he says, "I'll I'll be bold in doing that as well too. I will shout When I'll sing praises, he said, I'm going to give you praise freely. And then he ends with my soul, which you have redeemed. There's a deep heart conviction of humility where he understands. God has redeemed me. See, we believe that David wrote this, and we know David, as awesome as he was, a great king that he was, he was also a very flawed man. He made some really huge mistakes, and one of the mistakes just cost generations of brokenness, but he recognized that even that didn't hold him back from God's salvation. He knew that God had covered him and God had come and he cleaned him up and he rescued him from peril. Everything that he had done was deserving of death and God stepped into place and said, no. This says, my soul, which you have redeemed. This word redeemed is like uh, you have imminent danger in front of you. Life is about to be over and somebody comes and saves you from it. And for many of us in here, we've had that experience. We know we haven't lived the cleanest life. We know we haven't made the best of decisions. We know that everything that we've done is probably deserving of the punishment just due for us that God's righteous judgment on us would be just, that it would be justified because we're undeserving of his goodness because we're broken no matter how we try to clean it up Sunday morning, no matter how we try to clean it up to keep up appearances. We know that we've been rescued by Jesus's eternal sacrifice that saved us from eternal separation between us and God. Point number four, when I understand the weight of God's sacrifice, I will be compelled to make some noise. He says, I will shout for joy. And if you're like me and you've done some really horrible things in your past, when I recognized that Jesus Christ had died for my sins and had saved me from imminent destruction, believe you me, it caused me to shout. I was excited. I was excited about knowing that I didn't have to do anything. All I needed to do was believe in Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, everything that I've been done would be washed away and I could follow him. With him now leading my life. See, we have to be willing to make some noise. Noise is not always about volume. Noise isn't always about making a sound. Sometimes noise just means a disruption from the ordinary. And when you're looking at the heavens and you're looking at creation and you're looking at animals and you're looking about the systems of this world, don't you realize that is a disruption from the ordinary? I've got individuals in the back who work in the hospital. Kelly and her husband. When you look at the intricacies of the human body, that's a disruption from the ordinary. Nature declares the glory of God. And as people saved, I'm talking to the Christians in here for a moment. As the people Saved and redeemed and knowing what Jesus has done for you. I think that merits a little noise. A little disruption from the ordinary. I think we should also be making some noise. Making some noise through the work that we do that just says, wow. Making some noise through how we share how good God has been in our life. How God is at work in our lives. Making some noise by being so attentive to how God is moving in somebody else's life that we come to them and we say, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe what God is doing in your life. I can't believe how I've seen you grow. I can't believe the awesomeness of God in your life. We can make some noise by showing some unexpected love to people who were Not even looking for it. Shameless plug, we get to do that next week for Serve the City. We get to show up and just love on people. They're not expecting it. And we're not doing anything for return. We just want to make some noise for the glory of God. We just have to make some noise. Last point. If nature declares God's glory, so will I. So the song that we picked for today is a song called So Will I by Hillsong Worship. The words to this song are absolutely incredible. They fall in line with the worship songs we just sang this morning. They speak of God's creative power. And I just want you to sit back and listen to it. And I pray that at the end of this song, I pray at the end of this message, that you will also be able to say, so will I.